Hey, welcome to the Everyday Immunity Podcast, a place where we talk about different ways to boost the immune system naturally each and every day. I'm your host, Alicia Rosati of Rosati Nutrition. What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode and welcome if you're new. And if you're here watching on YouTube, what's up? My name is Alicia and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. Welcome to my bedroom. Um, So for those of you who have been listening to my podcast on iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts, I think it's called um, Spotify, wherever you've been listening. Yes, I do record each episode in my bedroom. I've tried it in my office. I've tried it in various parts of my house. And it's super echoey and I don't know, I just get the best sound out of my bedroom. Um, So there's your little fun fact for the day. Now, (laughs) uh, now that that is out of the way, I did want to remind you guys about my Patreon account um, where you can go and support me for as little as like $1 or $5 a month, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, And I really do appreciate it. If you're here just giving me a view or giving me a listen, totally appreciate you being here, listening to me rant. And, you know, I hope that you do learn something and enjoy your time listening to me. Um, So yeah, so that's all out of the way. Now today, uh, as you can tell by the title, we are going to be talking about something super, super interesting. And this was actually requested by one of you listeners, which is so fantastic. Um, But we are actually going to be talking about four different foods that boost brain power. Now we're talking about boosting cognition, we're talking about protecting our brain from things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, which unfortunately are on the rise. Um, So yeah, I'm going to be sharing my top four. Well, three of them are foods and one of them is a drink. So stay tuned if you want to figure out what those are. So I do also want to preface this by saying, you know, the best medicine or the the best course of action to prevent disease, degenerative the words degenerative diseases um, or age-related diseases is, you know, an overall good, healthy diet, um, an active lifestyle, minimizing stress, avoiding things like excessive alcohol or smoking, you know, that's really going to be your best bet at living a long and healthy life. But with that comes specific foods that just have a little bit of a one-up on other foods, um, you know, for certain things. So typically we know that we eat certain foods for, you know, colon health or stomach health. And today we're going to be talking about brain health. So the first food that I'm going to be talking about, which I have touched on in another episode, is coconut. And if you guys have listened to that episode, you know that I do have the Alzheimer's gene, unfortunately. Um, So I really dove into this. You know, my grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's. And I've seen firsthand how scary and how just really crappy this disease is. So anything that I can do to minimize my risk of developing Alzheimer's one day, I'm going to do. And across my research on what I should be doing, I came across coconut. Now, coconut is such a superfood when it comes to our brain health. Yes, we'd hear a lot about coconut and MCTs for fat loss and fat burning, but they're really also great for uh, for your brain. Now, this is because a lot of um, 
research has found that people who are experiencing Alzheimer's actually realize that this is a form of insulin resistance. So typically, you know, when we think of insulin resistance nowadays, we think of type 2 diabetes. Our cells don't want to um, accept the insulin anymore from, uh, sorry, accept blood sugar from the insulin anymore. So that leads to, you know, blood sugar spikes and weight gain and things like that. But glucose is actually our primary fuel source. So when our brain no longer accepts that glucose, our brain is essentially starving, which is what happens to patients with Alzheimer's. You do see that their brain does diminish in size and in function because it's essentially starving. Um, so what's awesome about coconut is that these MCTs or medium chain triglycerides, which are the primary like fatty acid um, found in coconut, actually are a secondary uh, fuel source for our brain. So what happens when we eat these medium chain triglycerides, um, which is a saturated fat, you know, and typically we think saturated fat is a no-go, stay away, and in most cases, yes, I agree, but what's different about coconut is it contains these medium chain triglycerides. So the medium chain here is really key that our body actually loves to use. So we eat those MCTs, it gets converted into ketones in our liver, and our brain can use that very, very easily. So it's a great secondary fuel source for our brain. Okay, now another thing that I want to touch on of patients with Alzheimer's disease is that these patients often have um, plaque formation or buildup in their brain. And this was discovered by the physician who actually coined the term Alzheimer's. His name, I don't remember his first name, but it was Dr. Something Alzheimer. Um, and he found that these women that were passing away from Alzheimer's disease actually had these these plaques building up in their brain. So I was doing some research and I found this study from Spain and I'm looking at my notes. If you're watching me on YouTube and I'm looking down, this is what I'm looking at. Um, but this study called Improvement of Main Cognitive Functions in Patients with Alzheimer's Disease After Treatment with Coconut Oil-Enriched Mediterranean Diet. And this is what they found and I'm quoting this. It seems that coconut supplementation increases the neuronal survival of cell cultures exposed to amyloid plaques with an overall improvement in the cognitive performance of patients with Alzheimer's disease after the administration, thus confirming neuroprotective activity. So this study is basically confirming that yes, coconut does have neuroprotective properties um, and it was seen to, you know, improve um, cognitive ability with in patients with Alzheimer's disease, even though they had these amyloid plaques. So this is all very, very good news for coconut. Now me personally, I love eating coconut pieces. I'll add it to, um, you know, some uh, oatmeal or I'll add it really anywhere that I can and make sure that you get the unsweetened shredded coconut if you're going that route. Otherwise, some good old coconut oil is great. Now don't cook at a high heat with coconut oil. I do have a post on this on my Instagram where I show different cooking oils and um, the, the heats that they're tolerable at. And coconut oil, unfortunately, the unrefined one is very low on that heat scale. And what happens when you cook an oil above its tolerable temperature is it may start to become carcinogenic. It will break down the chemical structure and the bonds in the oil and make it actually more damaging to us than beneficial. So something like extra virgin olive oil, for example, is excellent for you when it's raw, 
but once it's been heated over a certain temperature, it actually becomes very damaging and potentially carcinogenic. Okay, and now the next food I want to talk about that's really good for your brain health is walnuts. And I'm specifically talking about walnuts because they are like the best nut when it comes to your brain health. But this really goes for all nuts and seeds. They are great for your brain. Um, but specifically, we typically talk about walnuts because they have a little extra oomph to them. <laughs> so now two major factors in these brain-related illnesses and diseases like Alzheimer's um, or age-related cognitive impairment are oxidative stress and neural inflammation. So oxidative stress is when we have too many free radicals in the body and anytime your body does any process like breathing or your heart beating, any metabolic function, it creates cellular waste which unfortunately, you know, leads to oxidative stress. That's the, just the way it is. Um, but when we eat things like antioxidants, they come in, they scavenge and neutralize those free radicals, neutralizing the threat of oxidative stress. But when we have too much oxidative stress in our body, that can wreak a lot of havoc. And that's from not eating enough beneficial foods like alkaline foods or um, foods that are high in antioxidant properties. And the next one is neuroinflammation. Now, I've talked about inflammation a lot, but inflammation is like the number one silent killer, okay? So anytime we think of autoimmune, cardiovascular disease, like most diseases have some sort of inflammation attached to them. Um, and inflammation in the short term, like let's say you cut open, you cut your arm open and, you know, you get kind of like that, that bruising or swelling or whatever it may be. That's your immune system fighting off any infection that may be present. And that's fine, but when we have this long overdue chronic inflammation, that's what really causes damage in our body. So researchers have found that oxidative stress and neuroinflammation are two key risk factors for patients with Alzheimer's or cognitive impairment. Now specifically, this is what I was talking about earlier, patients with Alzheimer's have a buildup of what's called amyloid beta plaques in the brain. Um, and this was discovered by Dr. Alois Alzheimer, that's his name, in 1906. So like I was saying, you know, he was cutting people's brains open and finding this extra inflammation and these plaque formations in people's brain. So just like I was saying how, you know, excess and chronic uh, inflammation causes a lot of damage in the body and why it's really important to have a high antioxidant diet, this is where walnuts come in. So walnuts are very high in antioxidant content um, and they're also very high in another fatty acid called ALA or alpha-linoleic acid. Now alpha-linoleic acid is a plant-based omega-3. So just like you guys I'm, I'm sure have heard that fish oil is great for your health, it is, don't get me wrong. Um, and I've seen some claims that, you know, some people who are vegan or plant-based obviously don't want to take a fish oil, so they're taking these plant-based uh, omega-3s. And some doctors are arguing that it, it's not the same as fish oil. So I personally haven't done enough research into that to have an opinion on that, which I definitely will be looking into. Um, but yeah, so just how there's the argument that fish oil is a great omega-3, there's also plant-based omega-3s that naturally occur in your body and in foods, um, like this alpha-linoleic acid. Now, these omega-3s are anti-inflammatory, 
Um, so like I said, how there's that neural inflammation, we want to reduce that to reduce our risk of developing things like Alzheimer's and cognitive impairment, things like that. So if we can increase our intake of anti-inflammatory compounds and antioxidant compounds, walnuts are your first place to look. And you already know that I found a study on this and I've been reading studies and this one called Beneficial Effects of Walnuts on Cognition and Brain Health um, found that, again, I'm quoting this, our studies have demonstrated that walnuts reduce oxidative stress not only by decreasing free radical levels, but also by boosting antioxidant defense, thus reducing oxidative damage to lipids and proteins, which is fantastic. So they're basically just, just confirming everything that I said, that it does decrease free radical levels in the body and in the brain, but it also boosts the antioxidant defense mechanism, um, which again, reduces that oxidative stress. Now there's another quote from that same study that says, substantial evidence from animal and human studies suggests that dietary consumption of walnuts, about one to two ounces per day, can improve cognition, or sorry, improve cognitive function and also reduce the risk of other diseases such as cardiovascular disease, depression, and type 2 diabetes, which are risk factors for the development of dementia. So that is a loaded statement right there. So that's, first of all, which is wild, is saying that the risk of other diseases like cardiovascular disease, depression, and type 2 diabetes are risk factors for the progression and development of dementia, which is really crazy to know, especially because, you know, depression and type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease are all on the rise today, unfortunately. And it also says that animal and human studies, so this is well tested, um, says consumption of one to two ounces of walnuts per day, which really isn't much. So it's very easy to add. Like I said uh, about the coconut, you know, I also add walnuts, just chopped walnuts on top of my oatmeal. You can add them into a salad, you can have them as a snack. There's many different ways that you can incorporate walnuts into your everyday diet. The third food that I want to talk about isn't as much of a food as it is a spice. So we are talking about turmeric. Now, turmeric is that really bright yellowy orange spice that has so much smell and so much flavor to it. It's fantastic. I like sneaking in turmeric wherever I can. Um, it's a very cultural spice, so a lot of culture or cultural dishes do have turmeric in it. Personally, I actually do really like the taste of turmeric, um, so it's really easy for me to add into stews or soups, things like that. Now, the active component in turmeric is called curcumin, and curcumin is such a potent anti-inflammatory compound. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a side story here about just how uh, potent it really is. So my dad, I've mentioned him before in another episode, is a mechanic and he has been for quite some time um, and it obviously has a toll on his body. You know, the repetitive hard work just really wears away at your body after a while. So for him, it's really his wrists that are really aching and really bothering him. So I told him to take a turmeric supplement and he started noticing, you know, my wrists feel a lot looser. They're not aching me as much. I have a lot more range of motion, my fingers, everything, which is fantastic. So he's been taking that for months, maybe a year or so. Um, and he's experienced no ill side effects from that, which is fantastic. 
Now, we wanted to test and see if he really should even be continuing this supplement or not. So we stopped the supplement for a few weeks. And honestly, after week one, he already started complaining again about his wrists and his mobility and, you know, his joint, uh, joints in his fingers feeling like he couldn't, he didn't have as much range of motion. Um, it was painful to open and close his fingers. And that right there shows arthritis and inflammation. So we started resupplementing with the turmeric and obviously curcumin and almost instantly he had noticeably less pain and inflammation in his wrists, which is fantastic. So that just goes to show you right there how potent and how beneficial turmeric can be in terms of inflammation. Now, if that can do that for our joints, it can also do that for our brain. And remember, we said one of the main risk components in Alzheimer's disease and dementia and cognitive impairment is neuroinflammation. So if we can reduce that, that is fantastic. Now, I will say the one problem with turmeric is it's not very bioavailable. And this is because it does not like water. It's very hard to get into our bloodstream. So there's other ways that we can increase the bioavailability, words, Alicia, bioavailability of turmeric. Now, some studies say that if you take turmeric with black pepper, it does increase its bioavailability. Some studies say that it doesn't. Um, you really have to see what works for you if you were to take a supplement. Um, but yeah, otherwise just adding it to your dishes, I think your body will absorb some of it. And there is that benefit there. Um, now this one study, memory and brain amyloid and tau effects of a bioavailable form of curcumin in non-demented adults, a double-blind placebo-controlled 18-month trial. And this found that daily oral supplementation of a bioavailable curcumin supplement led to significant memory and attention benefits, which is really, really cool. Um, they also used PET scans, which are also used in cancer, and this can really detect like any little thing in your body. Um, so these PET scans were performed pre and post treatment of this bioavailable curcumin supplement and found that or suggested that these benefits are due to a decrease in plaque and tangle accumulation in parts of the brain that are responsible for modulating mood and memory. So these PET scans found that curcumin may have an effect on the amount of plaque in the brain. And remember, that plaque formation is what leads to Alzheimer's disease, or it, it comes with Alzheimer's disease. Don't know if plaques, plaque formation leads to Alzheimer's or if Alzheimer's leads to plaque formation. Kind of like chicken and the egg thing. But anyways, it does decrease the amount of those plaques in the brain, which is really good to know. So... You know, clearly we can see that turmeric is a great addition to preventing um, Alzheimer's disease or cognitive decline. And finally, my fourth food or I guess drink that may offer some neuroprotective um, properties is green tea. Now green tea again is another one that is being talked about for weight loss benefits and personally again I haven't done as much research into that so I can't formulate an opinion on that but I do know that it does have a beneficial effect on your brain. So what I found really cool in this one study that I was reading up on says that um, studies and autopsies have found an increased concentration of iron in the brains of people with Alzheimer's disease. So 
there's so many risk factors with Alzheimer's, you know, there's the plaque formation, there's oxidative stress, there's neuroinflammation, and now apparently there's a buildup of iron and some studies are also saying copper. Now this meta-analysis that I was reading said that copper wasn't as much of an indicator of Alzheimer's as iron was, so I'm going to specifically be talking about iron mostly. Um, but another study also said that the iron plus uh, elevated copper in the brain plus a diet rich in short-chain fatty acids did increase the risk of Alzheimer's disease and its development. Now, green tea has a lot of components in it, and one of these components are called catechins. Um, and there's a bunch of different kinds of catechins in green tea that offer these beneficial health effects. So this one study, again, I'm coming at you guys with a ton of studies. Um, but that just goes to show, you know, this is research-backed and I'm not just talking out of my behind. But this one study, simultaneous manipulation of multiple brain targets by green tea catechins, a potential neuroprotective strategy for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases says that all four T catechins have been demonstrated to be potent antioxidants, remember, resulting from their direct oxygen and nitrogen species scavenging properties, induction of endogenous antioxidant enzymes, and the cap sorry, the capacity to bind and chelate, 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 excess of divalent metals such as iron and copper. So there's a lot of big words in here that I clearly can't pronounce. Um, but basically what this is saying is these catechins that are found in green tea um, are one, antioxidants, and they also have the ability to bind and, you know, get rid of these excess metals like iron and copper, which like we said, the meta-analysis found that increased concentrations of those in the brain can lead to Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases. So this is really cool stuff. And it also said that one catechin, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the full name of it, but it goes by EGCG, okay? This catechin improved spatial cognition learning ability in rats, which is really cool because, you know, the rat model is used because it's pretty similar to the human model, um, so it's looking promising in the rat model so far, and they said it, it's also been shown, this EGCG, uh, catechin has been shown to improve age-related cognitive decline and protect against brain inflammation in experimental autoimmune encephalomyelitis, EAE, which is um, an animal model of brain inflammation. So it's like an experimental brain inflammation that's pretty much put into rats. It's kind of sad when you think about it. Um, but it, this EGCG catechin has been shown to show a bunch of promise in these rat models. So it's quite promising to humans. Now, I do also know that green tea has an effect on the neurotransmitters in your brain, which helps um, elevate your mood, specifically because it helps uh, alter your GABA levels and your receptors in your brain and whatnot. That's a topic for another day. But yeah, so green tea is great for elevating your mood. It is great for clearly protecting your brain against inflammation and oxidative stress along with turmeric, along with walnuts, along with coconut. So there you have it, guys, my top four, like I said. And uh, yeah, I, I personally do try to add in as many of these foods as often as I can, because like I said, I do have the Alzheimer's gene, and I really want to reduce the risk of developing that really terrible, 
terrible disease. Um, and I really hope that you guys are motivated now to do the same because your brain, your brain is really everything. Um, your brain houses like your personality, right? So yes, your heart is very important to your livelihood as are your other organs, but without your brain, you lose kind of your identity, you lose your personality and that's quite sad. So if we can preserve that and live a long and happy and healthy life, I am all for it. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you learned something today. I hope you enjoyed your time and I hope you come back for the next episode. And until then, this has been your host, Alicia Rosati of Rosati Nutrition. Peace.